from Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Friday, October 14th. I'm Marco Werman. The deal for Gilad Shalit's freedom is celebrated in Israel, but some there say the deal may also be dangerous. Also, how the alleged Iranian terror plot may relate to the broader U.S. effort to pressure Iran. I'm not saying that this is a complete wag-the-dog situation, Mm. but it may have encouraged the administration to jump with a less-than-fully-cooked case. Plus, an American woman gets an unusual request from her former boyfriend in Ghana. It's been 17 years since I've laid eyes on him, and to get a call out of the blue, please come and be my queen mother. BBC News with Gaynor Howells. The British Defence Secretary Liam Fox has resigned after days of controversy over his relationship with a personal adviser. Dr Fox has been under pressure to explain why his friend Adam Werity, who had no official role, attended Defence Ministry meetings and frequently met him during visits abroad. In a resignation letter, Dr Fox said he'd mistakenly allowed the distinction between his personal interests and his government activities to become blurred. Gary O'Donoghue reports. It was Liam Fox's decision to resign, but in truth he had no choice. Eight solid days of negative headlines and no sign of the problem going away. Once he'd acknowledged a blurring of the distinctions between the public and the private sphere, he was always going to be on the back foot. What really did for the Defence Secretary was the emerging detail of how his unofficial adviser and friend Adam Werity was funded to fly around the world, attending conferences and private holidays, without any of the backing being declared. In short, there was no transparency, and that flies in the face of all the rules. Gun battles have taken place in the Libyan capital, Tripoli, for the first time since anti-Gaddafi forces took control of the city in August. Armed supporters of the deposed leader, Colonel Gaddafi, clashed with forces of the National Transitional Council. The interim authorities now say they have now regained full control. Caroline Hawley reports from Tripoli. Fighters loyal to the new authorities brought in heavy weaponry to deal with Colonel Gaddafi's supporters. Hundreds of them flooded in pickup trucks to the area where the protest began, a stronghold of support for the ousted leader. But the clashes later spread to several other districts of the city. Residents say the fighting began when armed supporters of Muammar al-Gaddafi raised a green flag over a mosque after Friday prayers, apparently inspired by calls on the internet for them to rise up. The government of Bahrain has admitted that its security forces have committed human rights abuses during efforts to quell anti-government protests this year. The Bahraini Health and Human Rights Minister, Fatima al-Baluchi, acknowledged mistakes but also accused the demonstrators of abuses. There were uh, abuses of human rights. Those are mistakes. We, uh, the government addressed them. Those mistakes were not just done by the government. It was even by the demonstrators. And those issues have been faced. An investigation commissioned by the King of Bahrain has heard over 8,000 complaints, including torture and rape. The BBC has condemned the conviction of its reporter in Tajikistan on a charge of assisting a banned Islamist organisation. The court sentenced the reporter, Urunboy Usmanov, to three years in prison, but it then ordered his immediate release under an amnesty. Mr Usmanov has denied the charges and said he'd appeal. You're listening to the World News from the BBC. 
Representatives of the world's leading economies have gathered in Paris to look at ways of handling the faltering world economy and a European debt crisis that threatens to spread beyond the continent. One French official has described the Eurozone as the epicentre of a global crisis. The aid agency Médecins Sans Frontières has evacuated all its foreign staff from a Kenyan camp for Somali refugees following the abduction of two of its workers. Nearly 50 international staff have been withdrawn from Dadaab camp and the UN has scaled back its operations there. From Nairobi, here's Will Ross. The United Nations has stopped all its work except for essential food, water and health services. After being abducted by gunmen yesterday in broad daylight, there's been no news of the two Spanish women who were working for Médecins Sans Frontières, or MSF. It's pulled out almost...